Welcome to On the Brink of MD, where we talk all things pre-med and medical school. This weekly podcast is for aspiring physicians to get the information they need for their journey towards medical school. I am your host, Lindsay Brinkley, an incoming medical student, and let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. Welcome back. Today, we're actually going to be discussing all things MCAT, specifically my top 10 things that I wish I had known prior to studying for the MCAT. I know it can seem like such a daunting exam with it being eight hours and all, but I think that if you put together a solid plan, then you'll be well prepared and you'll be successful when taking this exam. For number one, for top 10 things I wish I had known prior to studying for the MCAT is that you should really give yourself anywhere from three to six months to study. This kind of depends on your study schedule. Three months if you're the type of person who has all day of the summer, for example, to study if you're not doing anything but studying for the MCAT and maybe volunteering. Six months on that end is probably if you're taking a full course load and trying to balance studying for the MCAT on top of a full course load and extracurriculars, then you're probably going to fall closer to that six-month mark. However, anything past this, I would be wary of burnout because studying for a test for an extended period of time definitely takes a lot of energy. Try and plan what time frame you really need to make your study schedule for and it obviously depends on everything else that you're going to be doing during that time. Number two, I personally don't think you need to take a course. There are actually enough resources to study for cheaper. However, that being said, if you're not a super self-motivated individual and you need that external source to put you, then they can be helpful for that. Some really great programs that I've had friends who have done them include Blueprint as well as Kaplan. There are plenty of others, but those two I most often hear really good things about. If you are very self-motivated specifically, you know this from your classes and you always get everything done and you're good at making study schedules, then studying for the MCAT with the free resources that there are online through Reddit, through the the Anki decks that you can find through the 300 page document for psychology and through other resources such as Khan Academy. Using these resources to study for cheaper for the MCAT are definitely enough in my opinion. What these companies mainly serve for is they really give you structure if you are the type of person who needs that structure. When you're deciding whether or not to take a course, you need to self-evaluate Okay, do I need someone else telling me what to study when I should do it? Or would I be successful in creating my own study plan and just going off of that? That would be my personal recommendation is taking a look at yourself, your study habits, and seeing what would be the best. For the third item, another thing I wish I knew prior to studying for the MCAT 
is that you should not spend too long on content review. Questions, in my opinion, are the most helpful. A common trap that you'll hear a lot of people discuss after they take their MCAT is they spent a long time going over the content that the MCAT has. Now, obviously, it's very important to know the topics that are going to be on the MCAT, everything that you potentially may see. However, taking your full study schedule to solely do content review isn't going to help you learn how to answer questions. Along with being a very content heavy exam, it's also about how you take the exam and how you can understand, comprehend, and answer questions. Doing practice questions, I found to be the most helpful. I also was able to understand what I was not understanding in the content, and then I could go back and learn that rather than focusing on areas that I knew as well as areas that I didn't know. It helped me hone in my studying skills to focus on areas that I was weaker in, and so it's more efficient, in my opinion, to study that way. Number four. Certain items are worth investing in for studying. For example, this would include definitely all of the AMCAS material. So these are the guys who write the test, who administer the test. So getting your hands on all the question banks as well as the practice tests is super important when studying because it's going to be most reflective of the style that you see come exam day. You'll often hear students say that other companies with their practice exams are a little bit harder or a little bit easier. With the AMCAS material, you really know that you're getting a similar caliber to what you're going to see on test day. And that's not to say that external sources for material such as practice exams are necessarily bad. They're a great way for you to get practice questions in. They're just not going to be necessarily as reflective as the AMCAS material is. UWorld, I would also say, is worth spending money on, especially if you decide not to take a course and you are doing it on your own. UWorld is a giant question bank. I want to say there's over 2,000 questions in there. I think it might even be 3,000. And these are all just related to the MCAT and you can divide them by section. So you can do an amount of questions per section that you're focusing on. And it's just a really great way to practice test taking skills on top of doing content review. Because if you get a question wrong, it'll tell you what section that fits into. And then you're allowed to like go back and look at the content and study from there. And I think that's a really great way to work on your test taking skills. I also found that UWorld questions were a bit trickier than AMCAS in general. So I felt that it almost over prepared me to not take the MCAT because the MCAT is hefty in and of itself, but it definitely over prepared me for learning how to decipher certain questions. I also would say investing in a simple set of books. However, you often can find these for cheaper. Someone who's recently selling some MCAT books who just took the MCAT. That's what I did. I bought a relatively newer set of books for $20 off of Facebook that someone was selling because normally the book set will run you about 200 bucks, but the content doesn't necessarily change from year to year. Obviously, if you feel more comfortable spending money on the newest version, then by all means. I used Kaplan books because I like how they condense their material. I mean, it was a lot quicker of a read than some of the other books I had seen. A couple of other good ones include Exam Cracker, for example. It just kind of depends on the style of book that you like, but I really would recommend that it's fine for you to get a set of books off of someone else. You don't need the newest as long as it's within a reasonable time frame. 
So number five, a good time frame to take the MCAT would be January to April, since you'll have your score back before applications. But if you need to, you can push it to May without impacting your timing of your application significantly. January to April is a really great time to take it because it gives you time to get your score back before you submit applications. Obviously, if you're very confident going into the MCAT and you feel great, then you have no worries there. But for those who potentially don't feel super great about their test taking abilities, taking it in January to April gives you that time frame to get your score back. If you needed to take it again, or if you ended up wanting to take a gap year to study for it again, then you have that time to make that decision before submitting applications. Now, let's say you're super busy with school and school gets out in April, and then you would have half of April and all of May to solely focus on studying. And so you can take a month or two of the school year to do content review and then do mostly all day everyday studying in May and you feel confident taking it in May. This won't impact your timing significantly. Applications open for submission at the end of May. The date kind of changes from year to year by like a day or two. You would submit your application, but it obviously wouldn't be complete. However, applications are not sent off until the end of June. By then is when you'll actually have your score back. So you would be able to have your score back and have it sent off to schools because your application would be complete by time everybody else is also sending off their application. At the end of the day, it isn't going to change much if you feel more comfortable taking it in May. I ended up taking my MCAT in January and I felt that it was a really great decision for me solely because I had then the rest of my spring semester to focus on my application, my personal statement, my activities, all of that, which was nice because I was actually taking a heftier course load in the spring. Whereas in the fall, I had taken a lighter schedule. So I had taken that fall semester to really study and I had winter break right before I took my MCAT. So I could just focus on studying for the MCAT during that time. Number six. A key to not burning yourself out while studying for the MCAT is giving yourself built-in rest days. This means that you need to do absolutely nothing related to the MCAT that day. This is going to keep your motivation high up to the point of where you're going to be taking your exam. It's really important that you do build rest days into your schedule. If you are studying all day, every day, obviously there are some people out there that can do this and not get burnt out on it. However, you really should take a step back sometimes to just give your brain a break. This is a marathon, not a sprint, so you got to take your time with it. And having a day off can have you come back really refreshed that next day and keep you motivated and in high spirits. Whereas if you're doing it every day, you're not giving yourself a break and you run the risk of, again, burning yourself out. Number seven. One of the most important ways to learn and improve is going to be reviewing questions of what you got wrong and specifically why. I kind of hinted on this earlier with discussing how many people spend a long time on content review versus doing questions. The importance of questions is looking at what you got wrong and seeing what content it relates to. Specifically, when I was reviewing the questions I had gotten wrong, I decided to make an Excel sheet. I would copy and paste the question and I would look at it and I would think, okay, why did I get this wrong? I would either relate it to, oh, I didn't know the content the question was tricky or I was thrown off by something in the passage. 
doing this and analyzing why you're getting questions wrong is going to really help you come test day. You're going to really understand the content that you were consistently getting wrong. And you're also going to have better test taking strategies because there might be a theme with why you're getting certain questions wrong. I know on a couple of occasions I would write the why and it would just be because the passage in general had tripped me up. So I had to learn how to analyze those types of passages a bit better. And come exam day, it definitely helped a lot. Number eight. Your score will really be reflective of the averages of your scores on the AMCAS full-length exams. This isn't necessarily a hard, fast rule. I just think that on the AMCAS full-lengths personally, that my score ended up actually reflecting a little bit higher than the average that I was getting on those full-lengths. Whenever anybody is nervous about their full-length and if they're doing it correctly, I always say that if you're taking the full lengths properly as if you were in that test taking scenario and your average is a score that you're comfortable with, then taking the MCAT is probably a good idea for you at that point in time. I talked to a couple of peers about this as well. They also found that the averages of their scores on all the full lengths ended up being decently reflective within the range that they fell for their MCAT. I think it's a great way to kind of analyze where you're at and if you're comfortable with it. Number nine, there will be things that you inevitably will encounter on the exam that you don't necessarily know and that is okay. That is why test-taking strategies are also important to work on along with content review. This is arguably why taking more time to do practice questions is more important than doing content review because on top of learning how to answer the content in the questions and knowing the content, you are given passages and you are given questions based off passages. You need to be able to understand how to answer specific kinds of questions. Working on your test taking strategies can really be helpful, especially with the cars section where it's just reading passages and answering questions about the passages. It's super helpful to understand the types of passages you might see, the types of questions you often will see, and how to best approach them. Last but not least, 10 things I wish I had known before studying for my MCAT. Number 10 is that you never will feel 110% fully ready and that is completely okay. This is an eight-hour exam. There is a lot of content. There is so much. If you think about it, it's essentially all of the prerequisites you had to take in undergrad, which combines to about two to three years of school combined into about one giant test. It's okay if you don't feel fully ready for this exam. I don't think there's necessarily a time you ever will feel 110% ready, and I think that's okay. You need to go in with enough confidence in yourself that you are going to perform to the caliber that you want and just take the exam, let it happen, and trust yourself that you're going to do the best that you can. MCAT studying is a marathon, not a sprint, as I said earlier. Really making sure to take your time and be kind to yourself while you're studying for the MCAT. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. It'll all turn out great. And if you want any resources that I use when studying for my MCAT, you're more than welcome to check out on Instagram, on the brink of MD on Instagram. Also, if you like this podcast and like some of this advice for taking the MCAT, feel free to give it a like. We have one episode every single week, so make sure to 
give us a like on Spotify and also follow us on Instagram for more daily content 